So you've listened to the burning platform as well as a brief intro to some of the sources of competitive advantage. Now we're going to go into some of the chapters around the types of values a salesperson requires, the level of professionalism that customers want in salespeople, as well as ethics that should govern sales practices. Now, one of the chapters in the book talks about the importance of values. I've spoke about values and I've spoken earlier about the paradigm that we had when we looked at what we felt to be important for selling. And it was very much a, a, a competence-based paradigm. What chapter six does is it explains the conclusions that we came to from the doctorate research project that we did. We spent an awful lot of time reviewing all the transcripts of the interviewees. And we first of all codified the behaviors that customers felt were positive and we codified the behaviors that the customers felt were negative. And we then asked ourselves the question, what values would you need to have as a salesperson to live the values that were positive? What values did you need to have as a salesperson that would lead to a dissatisfied customer? And it was really interesting. We boiled it down to four key values that were seen by customers to be really positive and for negative values that would actually lead to a very dissatisfied customer. So we explain what those values are and we give a lot of examples in this chapter about how those values can be seen in action. And one of the most interesting parts of my research was actually going to Seattle, which I talk about in the book, where I met with uh, some of the senior leaders of Starbucks about a particular deal that they did with Hewlett Packard, the technology company. And and this was done at a time that the internet was really beginning to boom. What struck me by this particular story was the audacity of Starbucks, because essentially what they realized when they started to look at the internet and what it meant for their coffee shops was they would need to equip their thousands of plus stores with internet technology. And they calculated it would be $100 million or so just to re-equip the stalls with that capability. And the audacity of the idea from Starbucks was actually issuing an RFP to invite technology companies at the time to pitch for their business to invest that technology in it for free. And they obviously had to think about what is it that we have that can really impact on what these new technology companies wanted. And of course, they, they had this incredible consumer customer base. They had huge amount of knowledge about those consumers, young professionals. They knew how frequently they came into a Starbucks store. And they used this kind of data to think if we could help one of these technology vendors get access to what is probably the sweet spot for this emerging mobile technology, what investment would they be prepared to make in getting their brand in front of this particular market really quickly? Once they realized that this was incredibly valued, they then felt confident they could issue this RFP. And in the end, Hewlett-Packard won it against, I think it was Dell and perhaps IBM at the time. What was interesting was interviewing both the Starbucks team as well as the Hewlett-Packard team. 
And of course, Hewlett-Packard had to find ways of making money out of this. If you're going to invest, in fact, it was 60 million over a five-year period, you're going to want a return. So where would that come from? So it's very interesting to see how that idea then generated innovation, which benefited both organizations so that they could both get a win-win out of it. These kind of stories start to help illustrate what values, what mindsets do you need to have as salespeople if you want to play in that, what I call the winner's circle, the 10% of salespeople who really do think in a certain way. And it became very clear that if you can think in a certain way, if you've got the right mindset, then it would naturally drive the right behaviors and competence. And the other ideas that are discussed in this chapter are the connection between values and the predictability of behavior. Now, if you know that if you've got deep grained belief that certain values are important in every aspect of how you deal with the customer, from the way you pick up a phone to get an appointment, or the way in which you want to put a proposal together, if you have these values, it's more than likely that you're actually going to be doing the right things. You may not win every time, of course, but the chances are that you're actually going to set yourself up for success. As we began to see in some of the work we did with Hewlett-Packard, where we had focus groups, where we were able to compare the results of salespeople who lived these positive values over a two and a half year period, the research was quite conclusive. And again, that research is explained in the book. The other interesting connection of values was it's, it's linked to trust. And we all know that trust is quite difficult to build and quite quick to lose. So we then developed some interesting ideas around the concept of different degrees of trust. It's not black and white. You, you can have trust, but not necessarily be seen by customers as a strategic partner. So how do the values that we think are really important, how does that connect with the kind of strategic relationships you might want to build with customers? Very interesting, very interesting uh, concepts being developed here. Now, in the final chapter, we'll cover in the last three of these bonus episodes is around how we in the sales industry can professionalize the role of sales. So stay tuned. Stay tuned.